Hello, and welcome to your Sacred Starlight Astrology Forecast for the month of November of 2022. My name is Rebecca Muir, and I will be giving you the details insofar as I can see them. So just an acknowledgement. Um, I'm always very impressed by astrological weather and astrological transits. However, I have to acknowledge there's a lot that I can't see. So I would encourage all of us as we, you know, hang out together and listen to this forecast and kind of look at the currents and the weather to keep a really, really open heart because I still fundamentally believe that no matter how, how impressive the transits play out, that there's infinite possibility available within every moment. So, you know, every month has some, usually <laughs> some really nice stuff and also usually a bunch of edges to help because a lot of the growth that we require um, as souls existing <laughs> is uncomfortable. Like, you know, we don't grow without sometimes being pushed out of our comfort zones. And yes, I'm, if you can't tell, I'm definitely an optimist and a bright shiny. So um, just when we hear about any challenging weather coming up to know that it is all a part of a higher divine order of love, and that we can work with it and that um, we don't need to be afraid or worried that like I used to listen to forecasts sometimes and hear about, you know, bad stuff and then be worried um, and kind of get locked into fear. And so I just want to say if that comes up, just remember me saying that um, everything has the potential to unfold with beauty, every everything. And um Every also very true, everything is um, the way that it will affect any given person is extremely dependent on your particular, like very unique individual natal chart. So this weather will probably ring true for all of us on some level. But, you know, this month, if you have planets or angles in your natal chart at anywhere between like 15 and 20 degrees of the fixed sign, so that's Scorpio, Aquarius, Taurus or Leo, you'll be feeling this more so, you know, um, or certain of these transits more so. And so, yeah, just staying really, really open. I think it's super important. The month um, starts off, we start off in Scorpio season with much more powerful emotion, much more intensity. It's much more inward. And then the month transitions as planets begin to move into Sagittarius season, um, to a more sort of jovial, uplifted, outward um, vibe, and it's brighter. So, and actually, I'm like, check out my Hocus Pocus mug. <laughs> I wish this were on the other side so you could see it. But this would be um, a great time to grab grab some coffee or some tea, or if you're cleaning the house or driving, listening to this, just thank you for being here. Um, I always open with a prayer. But before I do that, I just want to, I feel like there's certain things um, for patrons. Thank you. If you're a patron, thank you so much. You will be getting this forecast a bit early. Um, if you would like to become a patron, you'll also get access to the uh, monthly full moon and new moon healing journeys that I guide. So they always involve some sort of ritual um, and um, 
energy healing, just and and in themes with the astrological currents. So that's been really fun to be able to do that online. You get access to the whole back catalog of those as well, which I started doing these just a few months ago, but there are already some really amazing um, journeys and ceremonies there. And they are evergreen, even though they work with the astrological transits. Um, you can tap them at any time. Um, you also get weekly forecasts that go in depth with the moon in addition to all these transits. So. And I do have um, some in-person events coming up as well. In LA, I'm planning on doing like one per month. So I've started up again, these meditations that I used to do in Hollywood, the back to the future quantum healing journeys, um, quantum mystic meditations. So the next one will be at Liberate Yourself, their new location um, in Sherman Oaks. And that is on Monday, November 21st. So the week of Thanksgiving. And unfortunately, there are no live stream tickets to that. So it's only in person. But I do have events every month and ceremonies every month online. Patreon is kind of like just select whatever tier you can afford. So it starts at $8 and goes up to 44, depending on how generous you're feeling and what works for your budget. And it's it's kind of all the same. So you just pick your price and you access everything. So Mike, is there anything else that I need to mention? I think that's gonna be it. Okay, so we'll open with a prayer. Dear force of infinite love, infinite beauty and mercy and mildness and grace and ferocity and love, 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 be with us now. Help us to remember your love is within us and everywhere around us in every moment. Help us to remember the infinite space that exists within these transits and that love is the power that moves them all. Guide us through these sacred dark waters of Scorpio season into the bright flame of Sagittarius season this month in November. And bless this forecast, help me get out of the way. Bless everybody whose ears it is finding. Bless all of our lives and everyone connected to us in every direction of time and space as we move forward with nothing but love everywhere around us and nothing but love everywhere within us. So be it and so it is, amen. All right. So we will do a little screen share here. And actually, we'll just ground ourselves as well. I don't wanna to spend too much time on this. You can actually reference my, you can reference my Instagram or last month's forecast for these keywords here for Scorpio season. But we are beginning the month in Scorpio season. And so this is very much about transformation, death, rebirth, and phoenixing. Um, the sacred dark, what is beneath the surface, the full spectrum um, of human experience, of, of experience of all of life and it, it, fundamentally, Scorpio, I believe, is about power. So we discover our power when we go through these initiations through the dark, when the light around us is obscured or removed or hidden or temporarily goes away and the sun always rises again. But we go through these dark periods to discover the light within us. 
And so, um, and there are dark places within us too, but um, we can bring unconditional love to those. And those are an initiation in love as well, I believe. So this is a little bit of like a fast way to have these discussions, but we've already been talking about this a lot. So um, you're welcome to take a look on my Instagram account, sacred underscore starlight. If you want to just get more into these Scorpio keywords, there's a lot around sexuality and merging and magnetism and magic and enchantment as well. It's so powerful. It's such a beautiful energy, um, very intense. And so also just pointing us to these questions. If you're somebody that really wants to work with the energy of Scorpio season, especially we, as we go into these eclipses this month, you can look at these prompts right here. You don't have to journal them. I'm not, I don't like to write myself, um, but just to ponder in the very first question for Scorpio season at the top of the list is what is power? Followed by the question, am I in my full power? <laughs> How comfortable am I with mystery and the unknown? What lies beneath the surface? How comfortable am I with intimacy? also known as into me see how important is truth how comfortable am i with the dark with shadow with my so-called imperfections deviations or taboo parts how and where in my life have i phoenixed died and risen from the ashes what has been born within me and in my life out of ashes and loss where in the lives of others have I witnessed powerful phoenixing? Can pain, shame, and loss be an initiation into inner power? And how connected am I to my primal passion, instinct, and sexuality? So these questions are really great because they don't, they just help us to kind of come up with our own sensing of what is true for us about the answers to these questions. Or even just if we don't have the answers, that's being in the dark, being in the unknown, and that's okay as well. But this will sort of, I think, fundamentally just ground us into the energy of the month because we're about to go into a lot of transits. And it is, if it seems like a lot, that's because it is, it is a lot. <laughs> so whenever overwhelmed, just being like the sun is moving through Scorpio. There are other planets in Scorpio now too. And this is a really, it's not the only thing going on, but it is just such a, the flavor or the, the scent, the feeling in the air, the electric feeling in the air at this point in time. And so you can locate where Scorpio is in your chart. And know that there's a lot of activity around there this time of month, especially as we begin November. Also the Taurus house in your chart, which is opposite Scorpio has a lot um, going on as well. So let's move into, let's move into the month. So I've got the clock activated here. I'm just going to pop this here. Perfect. Moving everything over so that it's not awkward when I edit the video. And boom, boom, boom. November 1st. So as we begin the month, we've just had Jupiter, who is retrograde, re-entering the sign of Pisces. This is a huge um, energy shift. So we've got a lot of water. We've got Venus, the sun, and Mercury in Scorpio, which is a fixed water sign. It's very much about, about emotions, feeling, 
sensing. Um, and Jupiter now in, in full power, well, it's retrograde, so it's not fully in power, but it's in the sign that one of the signs where it is at maximum power, which is Pisces. Jupiter is a planet that blesses with expansion and grace and benevolence and just goodwill. Uh, it's very honorable. And it does very well in sort of the open, compassionate, merciful, spiritual, artistic sign of Pisces. It's just very open. It's very soft. It's very transcendent. And so um, while we do have some very harsh astrology coming up, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Um, you'll actually always find a little sugarcoating with me because I'm such like a positive Nelly. I'm like, okay, let's look at the happy stuff that's happening here. Where is the grace? <laughs> but um there is help there. So this planet Jupiter that has just entered, re-entered Pisces and won't be there until December 20th. And that's it for two, 12 more years. We won't have Jupiter and Pisces again. Um, but Pisces is one of Jupiter's places of maximum magic, power, grace, um, and love. And it's in a trine, a sign-based high five, a supportive, harmonious aspect to every planet that moves through Scorpio. And so every planet that moves through Scorpio, we're going to have the sun, Venus, and Mercury moving through Scorpio this month. And they're going to make very difficult, it's a difficult journey through Scorpio. They have to go over the south node which is a point of loss and release and then they have to oppose uranus and square saturn and it's just it's challenges but there's help there in the way of jupiter at the end of that journey through scorpio they're all going to meet up with jupiter and and receive support so there's like after these sort of challenging aspects there's something good waiting on the other side some support some grace so keep that in mind also i would say that while jupiter will not negate the challenging aspects of that these scorpio planets have to face it's in a sign-based supportive aspect, a sign-based trine. So there is some support even when they're out of orb and aspect. There's just like, there is spiritual support available. <laughs> support from the higher realms. There always is, but, but really in a way that we'll feel. So as we begin the month, this is a brand new thing. I mean, it, it just went in on, on the 27th at night or 28th of October. So a lot of planets are actually now direct, but we do have Mars also that has just gone retrograde. And so we need to discuss that too. That's the end of October. So October 30th, the planet Mars, who is the ruler of Scorpio season, is now officially going backwards and is still barely moving. It's like stationary. Um, you know, when a planet has just gone retrograde, it's not even really going backwards yet. It's like barely moving. <laughs> it's like just bearing down with a lot of intensity on one particular degree of, degree of the zodiac. So Mars is um, the planet that represents drive, agency, life force energy, uh, passion, it's the warrior archetype, but it's also the leader, the courageous leader, the defender of the weak, but it has an agenda. It wants to get things done and it will just slice through whatever it needs to slice through in order to get that done. So Mars, when Mars is blocked and not able to move forward, you can imagine that um, it can feel more frustrating 
And so as I'm recording this, uh, Mars has actually not gone retrograde yet, but as you're hearing it, Mars will be retrograde unless you're a patron and getting this early. So um, Mars retrogrades happen the least often of any planetary retrograde. It's only about once every two years. And so if you have Gemini placements or um, like any planets or angles in Gemini, you're not crazy, you may be feeling a little off. Um, your energy levels could actually be low because Mars does represent like our vitality um, and our drive and our physical energy. Um, your, you know, your brain may feel a little scrambled. I'm just thinking of how I felt the last time there was a Mars retrograde, it was in the sign that ruled my sun and ascendant. So it really threw me off. Um, but this is an important period where we are reviewing. We have to go back to go forward sometimes. So there's a review happening in the Gemini sector of our chart this month and through December and even the first two weeks of January. So Mars gone retrograde on the 30th of October and will not go direct until January 12th. So this is a long period of time to be moving backwards. Where is Gemini in your chart? So that will tell you what it is in your life that's being reviewed as well as maybe some of the houses that Mars rules in your chart. So your Scorpio house, has some review and your Aries house also has some review. But if you are a Gemini, um, a Virgo, a Sag or a Pisces, the mutable signs on that axis, you're really uh, getting activated particularly intensely by this Mars retrograde. So um, Scor the Scorpio season in general has us going inward, purging, releasing, and um, and reviewing, going back in order to go forward. And there has to be a lot of trust. People with Mars retrograde also sometimes feel frustrated or anger can come up uh, because we're trying to move forward, but something isn't going. This Mars is uh, retrograde exactly square to Neptune and Jupiter and Pisces. So there could be some kind of ideal that we want to activate or act on or that we're envisioning that we're having a difficult time um, making happen. We're like trying to push forward, but things are just dissolving or they're nebulous or we can't get a grip on something. So that may be a theme that we're experiencing as well. So and once we get into Sagittarius season, there's a, even more activation around this because Sag is on that mutable axis and we'll be making challenging as aspects to this Mars retrograde in Gemini, but Sagittarius season will be brighter. There's a lot of good stuff. It just might be like a little messy. There might be like a lot of stuff going on that we don't have quite a grip on and that's okay. It's a process that we want to make sure that we can trust and allow. So Mars has just gone retrograde. We also are in these eclipses. So we had an eclipse, a new moon um, in Scorpio solar eclipse on the 25th of October. And the next eclipse we're having is on November 8th. And that is sort of the second part of this eclipse series as well. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I also wanted to just ground us into, even though before I start with the first technical aspect of this month, there's so much to understand just as the lay of the land. Being in eclipse season in general um, is like a divine realignment of energy. There's a tune, it's like taking your instrument in to get tuned. <laughs> so we've begun that process. It's always, eclipses always work in pairs. There is an essay that I wrote um, that I made in like an easily digestible, swipeable format on my Instagram. 
So you can see it's like eclipses, how to work with eclipses, eclipse energy. So it explains what eclipses are, what happens astronomically during an eclipse and how you can work with these energies. So this eclipse that we have in November, we'll get into. But just so we understand that as we begin the beginning of the month, we're in between eclipses. And there's a lot of reorganizing of energy in between eclipses in addition to just what happens on the day. That period even before an eclipse or after an eclipse. So we're like this whole, you know, three to four week period, but especially the two weeks in between eclipses, <laughs> there's a lot of moving parts that we can't quite see maybe with a culmination around November 8th. So, oh, I should have gotten water before I started doing this. Maybe I'll do that now. We've got grapes, we've got water, we've got our cauldron coffee. So I think I'm good to resume here. All right. So, okay, first week of November, um, we actually don't really have an exact aspect until Saturday, November 5th. So let's move forward to Saturday. And so we have Venus in exile in Scorpio, a sign that she is it's not comfortable for her to be in. Um, she is opposing Uranus in Taurus, who is retrograde. And she's also they're quite near the, the nodes here as well. And she's also kind of basically besieged. I don't because she's going to make an immediate square to Saturn as well. So Uranus and Saturn are two slower moving planets that are in a difficult aspect to each other. They have been for a couple years now. <laughs> um, but Venus comes in here and we, we really feel that activated. So it's tense. Um, Venus, whatever, you know, the Scorpio part of your chart may be feeling under pressure. Any of the areas of your chart that are ruled by Venus, so your Libra house or your Taurus house, also those themes may come into play depending, you know, for me, so um, for me, for example, Taurus is my second house, Libra is my seventh house. So I would look at second and seventh house themes um, as maybe being under stress in for a brief period of time here with this transit, but also just the Scorpio house in my chart or in your chart. So Venus also can rule relationships, um, art, creativity, um, money, abundance, things like that. Um, but she's not having an easy time here in Scorpio. It's a place where she's really, uh, she's in the underworld and Venus doesn't really like that. She has to go through there to find her power. So being opposed by Uranus or opposing Uranus, basically Uranus is um, some sort of a curveball. It's a disruptive energy, something that we can't predict that snaps us out of the old paradigm immediately squaring Saturn here is some sort of reality check. Like some, the thing that we're trying to do or that we want to happen is met with some sort of a barrier, maybe a rule or authority that is like, no, you, you can't do this. You wanna do this, but you can't do this. So um, it's a challenging uh, configuration. Let's see, it can be dramatic. 
um, stressful, curve volley, and feel a little bit oppressive. <laughs> so again, we want to stay really open because this sounds super negative, right? But it's like, um, and it may be challenging to experience, but all of this is uh, showing us what is actually, what energies are present in our life and giving us an opportunity to reconfigure or solve or work through maybe an issue that's there. Maybe it's something that we weren't previously able to see, but we always, there's always, there are always solutions. There are always ways to work through things. And so what's happening here with this aspect as well is like the sun will then make this aspect mercury is going to make this aspect and then the moon and on this eclipse on the eighth is going to be making the same aspect so the eclipse theme that we're having um on november 8th it kind of begins here um on saturday november 5th when with planets beginning to hit these points we're starting to see this energy happen on this exact same day, we have the sun conjoining the south node in Scorpio. So the sun representing our physical vitality, our consciousness, our, our life force energy as well. Um, our inspiration, just our, our, our existence on some level, um, coming into a point of release. <laughs> so maybe there's some sort of ego or the way we think of ourselves that is getting a little bit of a check there as well. It's a difficult, it's difficult day. Um, there's no way to sugarcoat that, but it's a great day if you are willing to go inward, look at what's coming up for you emotionally and work through that. Um, this is a time to get some support on deck. Now there, remember I said before I started this, there is help. Um, eventually all these planets in Scorpio are being supported by Jupiter, but first they have to go through some challenging aspects. So this is one of those that begins there. The very next day, on Sunday, November 6th, this is where we have the exact square of Venus to Saturn. So yesterday on Saturday, she opposed Uranus. Now she's squaring Saturn. We really kind of feel these all as one thing. They get lumped together. So um, they breathe together. It's not an easy weekend. Um, we also have Mercury now can join the South Node. And so, and we were feeling that yesterday too, Mercury, the planet of communication, um, having some sort of release. The South Node in particular is a point that no matter what kind of energy you focus in there, it's like, it's like, um, you know, trying to barrel out water of like a leaky boat. It's just going to keep, it, leak, it leaks. It's a point where energy um, is just getting sucked out. Um, and I've really found this to be, pretty much the case when I'm watching my own transits, the South Node is not always going to be in Scorpio. But there's something about the Scorpio house in our chart, and especially as planets go over this point, the way that that house has been functioning, the way that Scorpio energy has been functioning in our lives um, has to get a re-up. There's just, we, we aren't meant to be focusing on that. We're actually meant to be focusing on more the Taurus part of our chart right now. And the currents are going to keep steering us there. So even if we resist, it's just going to, we don't have to do really the work to make that happen. The universe is making that happen for us. What we need to do is be open and to meet these, um, these shifts with an open heart as much as possible to embrace those and lean into the change because it's like, it's kind of a let go or be dragged sort of vibe. 
So um, with Mercury on the South Node, any sort of communications, especially, um, or commerce, because commerce and merchants, uh, Merc have the word Mercury in them. That's where they come from. Thank you, Nina Griffin, who is one of my teachers for that gem. Um, so Mercury does have a lot of financial significations, which often gets overlooked by modern astrologers. But traditionally, Mercury was the planet of trade and commerce. So it's probably an intense time for the markets. <laughs> um, I can't really speak in depth to that, but there are lots of astrologers that do. So if that's something that's interesting to you, um, you can certainly check out Nina Griffin's work um, or some other astrologers. Um, Susan Goodell is also a financial astrologer, but I would say also any sort of technology communications. Um, it's easy for things to be said that are, well, it's easy to have challenges in communications. Um, with Mercury on the south node, there may be something that comes up that we need to look at and release around that. Okay, moving into the second week of November. Our next aspect is Tuesday, November 8th. This is the midterm elections in the United States. And um, I am, don't feel, I feel so intimidated to speak on politics. Um, so again, I'm gonna, if you want a lot of commentary on what's happening in the collective, check out some other astrologers, but I am gonna break this eclipse down. It's incredibly complex. So we have a really big eclipse on this day. There's a, it's very potent, it's very intense and it's happening on the, there's a fly in here. It's happening on a day um, where we have this important election in the United States. So I would just imagine that this election is gonna be maybe potentially dramatic and have some unexpected elements to it. Um, let's look at the astrology. So we've got the moon in Taurus where she's exalted. It's one of her favorite places to be. It's one of the best places for her to be. Um, and we want to go back just a couple hours so we can look um, at this eclipse as it goes exact. It's exact at 3 a.m. at around 3 a.m. Exactly 3 a.m. So might as well just go the full mile here and get us back to 3 a.m. So we've got an eclipse at... Yes, yeah, 16 degrees exactly of Scorpio and Taurus or Taurus Scorpio. So this is a full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus. The moon being in Taurus, it's a, it's a great place for the moon to be. She's really close to the North Node here and she's exactly conjunct the planet Uranus. So it's not easy. There are also, if you look over here where the sun is in Scorpio at exactly 16 degrees Scorpio, Mercury is pretty tightly conjoined the sun. Um, Mercury will be exactly conjoining the sun later on this day. It's considered, it's called Kazemi when Mercury, Mercury comes into an exact conjunction with the sun, goes directly into the heart of the sun. Um, and so that's also very interesting. And um, usually Kazemis are considered good and they're a renewal of a new cycle, but there's just so much going on here. So we've got Mercury involved, we've got Uranus involved. Venus is tightly configured here as well. Saturn is tightly configured here. So 16 degrees of the fixed signs, Saturn over here is at 18 degrees, only two degrees away. That's very tight by perfect 90 degrees square. So this is like a T square here that's happening. 
super challenging energy anyway. Eclipses all by themselves are also quite intense. So it's like a full moon, this lunar eclipse. A full moon is an illumination, a coming to light of something, a culmination or peak in energy. The moon is full of light. She can't carry any more light than she's got. And so we're looking at some sort of culmination or illumination in the Taurus part of your chart, wherever, whatever that rules, may also factor in some Scorpio part of your chart in those themes. But um, with an eclipse, we've got the light of the moon being eclipsed, like literally shut off, being blocked um, when the earth comes between the sun and the moon. So what this is uh, energetically is an alignment of the sun, the earth, and the moon so they can all kind of get tuned up, um, communicate with each other, and then adjust with new energy and consciousness moving forward. So it's like my old teacher, Rebecca Gordon, used to describe it as like, you're listening to a certain radio station, and when this alignment of sun, um, earth, and moon come, they get a grip on everything that's kind of been happening since their last alignment and they update they make an a system update or update switch to a new radio station that is more in alignment with like the evolution that's occurred since the last time so we all need to evolve and move forward we need this new radio station but some of us might not want to change it so but it changes and so we you know how ready are you for this so that's kind of what's happening it's an update and so even though it's a full moon which is a culmination it's on the north node the north node brings in new things it is the currents are guiding us there um so that this is where we're meant this is where a path of higher learning for us higher purpose is for us so it's not just a release like there are new this is an, an area where we're meant to be focusing it's a part of um it's a part of the new purpose or conscious it's the part of the right direction this is the right direction for us this fly is driving me nuts <laughs> oh my gosh anyway so the thing with this eclipse, if we want to break down specifically, it's being so tightly configured to Mercury and Uranus, which both have technological significations. That's big. Um, Taurus in and of itself is a, about sort of Mother Earth, about finances, money, values, food, agriculture, things like that. So stuff around the markets could be really interesting. Um, Uranus brings, it rules surprises. It rules the future and innovation. And it's a lightning bolt energy that busts us out of old paradigms. Um, it, it takes sort of being caught off guard or by surprise often in order to facilitate that change. So something unexpected, I would imagine this way comes on this day and it could be quite jolting are quite jarring. It looks like Venus is also um, involved. So, I mean, it's just so complex. Like you're looking at most of the planets in your chart being involved on some level. The ruler of this eclipse is Venus because she rules Taurus. So she is in Scorpio where she's having a hard time. 
so she's not in a particularly powerful position, which sort of suggests that this eclipse might be not the easiest one. Like whatever changes are happening here are hard changes for us. They um, don't feel good. But again, help is on the way. It's all part of like the grander expansion. <laughs> so stay open. It's not like a terrible thing. Like everything sucks and for no reason, you know? This is a necessary um, initiation or growth. But yeah, Venus has a hard time here. So the Venus ruled houses in your chart, Taurus and Libra, Scorpio, like it's just uh, growing pains. And potentially some sort of unexpected loss or curveball, I would imagine being here. Also, um, not just busting us out of old paradigms, but there's a pushback on that. So like something unexpected might happen. Either we are trying to push, make some kind of big push or something in our life makes a big push that kind of thwarts the rules maybe or thwarts the pre-existing authority systems and structures. And, but those systems try to crack down on it. Like there's a battle between like the rebelling against the systems and the rules and the way things have been. And then the rules being like, uh-uh, like you can't break this rule. So that's where Saturn is here in Aquarius. And this, this energy has been going on for years, but when we, with, between Saturn and Uranus, people wanting to um, re rebel against the system and people wanting to put implement systems and rules and structures and boundaries. And so there's a lot of push and pull with that we can see in the collective the last couple of years. So on this eclipse, that energy is super, super activated and will probably be felt in really personal ways for each person. Um, in addition to just seeing stuff that's going on in the collective, there's a, a battle between it, big change and then also the rules that are already in place. Let's see what else I wrote down here. This is, yeah, we have, um, so at exactly 3 a.m. too, and we're feeling this the day before, 3 a.m. on the November 8th, there's an illumination, a culmination, possibly in a very unexpected curveball way to the Taurus sector of your chart, which is about departing with the way things have been, busting out of an old paradigm. And while this is a release without question and potentially a very challenging and destabilizing one at that, the direction this eclipse pushes us into, possibly quite abruptly, is where the divine currents are steering us for our higher purpose with the North Node being present. This is divinely directed. We are going the right way. So, yeah, this moon is basically besieged here. You know, she's conjoining Uranus and then squaring Saturn. So it's difficult, but there is help on the other side. Um, a lot of people do use Mercury Kazemis. Like I said, Mercury does conjoin the sun exactly on this day as well. But, um, and, and maybe there's some help there with that. Um, Mercury, any planet being in the heart of the sun really gets a boost. But this isn't like a Kazemi that I would, I wouldn't be like trying to use this Mercury Kazemi to like further an end. This is not a day. This is a day where there's a lot of energy shifting that is way beyond anything we can manipulate or control. It's not a full moon or an eclipse to be doing any sort of manifestation work in my opinion and in the opinion of many other astrologers. Um, 
This is a time to allow the divine to realign things and to be in humility and to be open and to surf as best to surf and surrender as best we can. And the more any challenges that we come up against to be met with love, and that's where the openings are. Everything is love is a portal. I'm such a cheese ball, but it's really the truth. Um, and I'll be doing a, an event on this day as well, which um, I'm still trying to decide exactly what I'll do because we're not doing any sort of magic. Um, maybe it'll be a really deep energy grounding and clearing and just a divine connection ritual. So uh, that'll be for patrons um, if you want to get on my Patreon. But there'll probably be um, something maybe with Mother Earth and grounding and healing. Um, okay. Do, 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 do. Oh yes. Okay. Last thing. I know I'm going on and on about this eclipse and so, but it's just such a complex one. So if we look at the polarization here between the sun, Mercury, and Venus and Scorpio in the south node, and then the north node where the moon and Uranus are, this north node in Taurus, it's like a totally tight opposition. Like there's, so, and then we also have the square from Saturn, but Venus here is uh, the ruler of this eclipse, and she is in a trine with Neptune and Jupiter and Pisces. So even though Venus is going through a tough time, there is help here. And I would suggest that help. This Jupiter and Neptune are making a trine to the Scorpio planets, which is a supportive aspect and a sextile to the Taurus planets, the moon, the North Node, and Uranus, and that's a supportive aspect as well. And so if we're looking for a solution, we might look to Neptune and Jupiter um, in Pisces. In the Pisces sector of our chart might offer some sort of assistance or help for this eclipse. And so and just Pisces in and of itself suggests compassion, softness, openness, mercy, spirituality, and art and surrender. <laughs> higher vision. So I'm just going to leave that there. Okay, so moving into Wednesday, November 9th. Here we have um, just continuing this energy that started for the eclipse. There's so many planets involved that, you know, while we're feeling it all at once, sort of as a messy lump, some of these aspects that mathematically perfected yesterday between the sun and the moon, we have some of these other planets. So it's like now the sun exactly opposes Uranus on this day. And, and then Mercury exactly squares Saturn on this day. Um, as we move later into the day, Mercury will get up to 18 degrees. And so we'll be exactly squaring Saturn. So the same energy kind of just carries on. There's more curveballs, more surprises, more, um, more attempts to thwart boundaries and bust out of oppressive systems structures and then also more attempts from those authorities systems and structures to crack down on any anarchy that may be like busting loose so there's just more of continuing of this energy this day let's see going moving on to thursday november 10th venus does make an exact trine to neptune on this day which is really nice. That's at 22 degrees of Scorpio and Pisces. Neptune is retrograde. Uh, Jupiter is retrograde here too. But so Venus and Scorpio may have, there may be some sort of deepening of 
the spiritual or artistic or compassionate connection that's been hopefully happening or hopefully we've been working with that throughout these last few days that are really difficult. Um, but this is a nice aspect for art and romance and just compassion and connection, reconciliation. Maybe um, if there's been a lot of conflict, this is an aspect where we may be able to um, put some of those differences aside, find some compromise, soften some sharp edges. And we may be feeling more inspired to do that or feeling more capable of doing that. This is an aspect where forgiveness and openness and diplomacy and um, mercy and compassion can flourish. There's an opening here for all of those things. And we'll be actually seeing that because as Venus makes this trine to Neptune, all of these other planets in Scorpio are going to be doing the same thing. So this is also a process. It's not just, this is only one day that we get for Venus Neptune, but then she's going to trine Jupiter and all these planets are going to be making these aspects too. So this is like a really nice opening here that just begins on this day to um, sort of climax with these mathematical perfections of this aspect. Um, we do have Mercury exactly, uh, oh no, never mind. Okay. So I was just reading my notes incorrectly there. So moving on to November 11th, the sun squares Saturn. This is again, still, still working through some of these challenges with the, you know, wanting to be or do something or have our own personal agenda about something, um, our higher mission or ideal. And then like, having sort of a reality check or like getting a big fat no from like just the way life is set up. And it's like, you know, I want to do this and um, not being able to like literally feeling like we are restricted in some way from doing that. Um, so that is a challenging energy that continues on this day. Moving on to Saturday, November 12th. This is where we get an exact time between Mercury and Neptune. So that compassionate floodgate that began to open up with mercy and hope between the Scorpio and Pisces parts of our chart that can kind of help us work through some of this, these really harsh edges this month. Like, it's almost like this month we're looking at a lot of conflict and challenges in the real world, right? But the way we can navigate through these is through like emotion and compassion and art and spirituality and like just our humanity. So um, having some sort of a difficulty in the world with the way things are functioning, but the answers and the openings to renegotiate or like reconfigure all of those things are emotional in nature, emotional and spiritual, um, which will be the catalyst for reconfiguring things in the real world. So here with Mercury trying Neptune, that's some sort of communication um, inspired by compassion and hope and oneness, which is really nice. It's a great day, great time for artists. Oh my gosh. Great time for shadow work and spirituality and art. Um, so that is that on Saturday, November 3rd, we have Venus sextile Pluto. This is a quote unquote minor aspect. A sextile is considered a minor aspect, but it's supportive 
Um, I have my current teacher, Gemini Brett, actually argues. He's like, why do they say sextiles are weaker, so-called, than trines? He said the sextile, according to the Thema Mundi, in which is, um, I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but basically um, shows that that sextiles are of the nature of Venus, which is a benefic planet, and that trines, a supportive aspects, are of the nature of Jupiter. So essentially, I'm looking more at sextiles as being more powerful now, as maybe I was previously taught that they are. <laughs> so just covering, I'm covering everything. I'm always, it's so much, it's so extra. Um, but we leave no stone unturned. Venus sextile, Venus at 26 degrees Scorpio, sextile Pluto at 26 degrees Capricorn. This is an aspect of potential empowerment, I would say. Finding whatever kind of deep, dark stuff has been going on, either externally or internally. We've maybe worked through some of that or begun to work through some of that. And at this point on this day, there's a potential for us to claim some of that power. Um, it doesn't have to manifest in an external action, but it might. But there's a sense, there's a little bit of a shift within us on this day that's like, huh, okay, I'm settling in a little deeper. I can see some of the stuff that I've navigated or these feelings that have been coming up or these circumstances, situations that have been coming up that are a bit dark. Um, and I've got at least a little modicum of a grip on how I want to, on, on, on these things, either within myself or externally how I want to, um, we don't feel maybe potentially quite as out of control. This is an aspect of um, empowerment on some level. So I don't wanna um, pass it over, especially if you have planets around 26 degrees of Capricorn or Scorpio. Um, <clears throat> so that's uh, something to cover there. Okay, Sunday, November 14th. Mercury makes the same aspect. Um, Mercury makes a sextile to Pluto at 26 Scorpio and Capricorn. So again, we're seeing like, you know, one planet kind of, it's, it's like, um, it's like a flam. <laughs> so like one planet makes it and then the next planet makes it. So it's like a sort of process of, uh, it's nice in that sense that we don't just get it once we get sort of a greater uh, opening around this empowerment aspect. And actually, I really do kind of like Sunday. We also have the sun making an exact trend to Neptune. So there's an empowerment aspect happening, a hope aspect happening, like our consciousness may be more keyed into inner power, hope, divine inspiration, um, compassion, oneness. We're still feeling um, Venus. Venus is also making a trine to Jupiter on this day, even though technically I think it's like early in the morning on Monday. Um, we're feeling this on Sunday. So it's actually such a nice day. Venus trine Jupiter. This is one of the things to this aspect is something that I've been really watching in my one on one client readings that where whenever we have the two benefic planets, Venus and Jupiter, making either a conjunction or a trine there's usually nice development in whatever houses that's occurring in your chart or the houses that they rule i've seen things from engagements to people getting the apartment that they want and it's like when the ruler rules like home or where you live or your seventh house of relationships or things like that so while this is like a challenging month on many levels just watch this day 
and I would say give or take even like a few days on either side, there is certainly an opening here for something nice to this way come. November 14th. Yeah, this is a day I've been writing down on all my astro reports in one-on-one readings. And I'm curious because again, like it's Venus is in detriment or she's in fall in Scorpio. It's not a powerful place for her to be and Jupiter is retrograde still. But it's not nothing. There's there's something there's something here that I would still say is quite powerful. Um some sort of powerful development that will help us move forward. Okay. Sunday, November 14th, one of my favorite days this month, I gotta say. Monday, November 15th, we begin the third week of um, November. And we do have an exact Venus trine Jupiter on this day. And Mercury will also do the same thing tomorrow. (laughs) So this energy kind of continues of cooperation and hope blessings and benevolence between the Scorpio and uh, Pisces parts of your chart, but it's very emotional, intuitive, compassionate. And um, the progress that's made here, I would say is based on deep emotions and instinct and, and just all of these kind of good watery things. We also have, um, Venus is really moving at a big clip here. So if I just kick the chart forward till the nighttime, we got um, oh maybe that's like sometimes I'm just like did I write the, my ephemeris like my thing that I look at has it in Eastern and Pacific and sometimes I look at the wrong one. Okay, so it looks like Venus doesn't go technically into Sagittarius until the 16th, but I wrote down that it was on the 15th. Yeah, it's not until the 16th. So here we go. Come on, Venus. There you go. Um, So early in the morning on Tuesday, November 16th, we have Venus ingressing into Sagittarius. So this is, even though Sag season doesn't start yet, like the sun hasn't moved in, it's kind of like an unofficial start to Sagittarius season. Venus and Mercury always move with the sun. So we always have these planets like moving through a sign fairly close together. Venus and Mercury are never that far away from the sun. So the nice thing about this is that Venus, while she doesn't really, she's not at, it's not, Sagittarius is not her home sign or her place of exaltation. It's kind of at least more neutral territory for her. She was in exile in Scorpio. It was one of the most challenging places for her to be. And so this is certainly an improvement for Venus to be here in Sag. Um, and so this is like a warm up to Sagittarius season. All of the let's let's talk about this now too. And this is like the second half of November. All of the planets that are going to move through Sag will have to oppose Mars, who's retrograde. But he's retrograde. He's like at 23 degrees Gemini. So this kind of opposition, which will be a little bit of a sting or potential for conflict, will happen later as these Sagittarius planets get into like the later degrees of Sag. So, and I would still say this is a brightening of energy. So 
even though it's not Sagittarius season yet, well, I'll, okay, I'll wait. But Venus and Sag, Sag is a fire sign. So that's automatically lighter and brighter. And it's very expansive and it's ruled by Jupiter, the planet that brings blessings and growth and expansion and grace. So it's very ben benevolent energy. It's Venus is much happier here. She's more outgoing. She's more external. She's more social. She's more optimistic. She's more inspired. Um, she's more playful. She's having more fun here, a lot more fun here. And so this is like a real lift. And we'll go more into these. Um, oh, okay, never mind. I'll just do it now. I can never really, I'm still <laughs> figuring out how I want to, what my exact flow is. Because Mercury is going to move into Sag too before the sun. So we might as well just look at these Sagittarius keys. So Sagittarius, even though we're still very much in Scorpio season, we're having planets begin to move into Sag. So sun in Sagittarius is not start until November 22nd. But let's just read out some of these keywords because they're go this is a real shift as we have a couple planets starting to move. So Sagittarius is the seeker of knowledge and understanding. It's inquisitive, curious, it's searching, it's very open-minded. It's the explorer, you know, inspiration, ideas, quest, expansion, travel, exploring foreign lands and cultures, because that is just going beyond what you know, right? Um, so it does rule long distance travel, in addition to, um, you know, higher education and things like that. So foreign lands and adventure, expedition, odyssey, and higher learning, because that's where we seek more knowledge and experience as well. So like universities, education, being a scholar and scholars, studying and also teaching and professing intellectualism and philosophy. It's very tied in with philosophy, belief, and spirituality. There's an honesty there, um, very tied in with religion traditionally as well, although in today's world, it doesn't have to be religion. It can certainly just be spirituality outside of the structures of those institutions it does have to do with law and justice as well um, with jupiter being the ruler of sagittarius season wants um law and justice to prevail hope grace and generosity jubilance um, can be zealous benevolence freedom and free spirit right so you have to be a little bit free if you're going to go beyond the confines of your initial place you were born or everything you once knew, right? There's a, fr a freedom and a free spiritedness there with Sagittarius energy to just go out and go beyond the borders. There's an independence there. Um, Sagittarius energy can be very fun, fun loving and spontaneous, very optimistic and hopeful, enthusiastic, idealist um, even. There's a humor, a good naturedness, um, good humor with that comes with Sagittarius as well. They can be adaptable because it's a fire sign that is the quality of being a mutable fire sign. So all of those three fire signs, they all have different qualities. This is the one that is the most flexible, changeable and mutable, and which allows it to kind of go between explore different beliefs, different um, places in the world. Sag energy is adaptable, changeable. Sag can also be very outspoken, right? 
it's big. Jupiter is big. It's the biggest planet in the solar system, ruling Sagittarius. So big ideas, big opinions. <laughs> I'm wanting to always know more, see more, experience more, and go more places, right? Um, and never maybe being satisfied. <laughs> but so it can be very outspoken as well when it, from whatever a Sagittarius, whatever we learn there, I'm going to share these opinions or these ideas. And Sag can also be very athletic. So it's ruled by the centaur here, which is like half horse, half man, or human, half human. And so Sagittarius rules the buttocks and the thighs. Um, and yeah, very, and then it's the archer also. So it's aiming with an arrow to a certain point that it's trying to get to. So sports and archery and arrows, centaurs and horses are kind of Sagittarius themes as well. So in the shadow, shadow Sagittarius can be kind of know-it-all, <laughs> super opinionated, a little preachy or rambling, have a super big mouth, it can exaggerate things because always things are bigger, right? It's very inspired. It's very like lit up. So there can be exaggeration energy there, um, especially... I would say this particular Sag season, because we have some planets that will kind of, um, Jupiter, the ruler of Sag is gonna be square to these Sag planets. So that can kind of inflate things a little. Um, okay, so Sag in shadow can be a little extra, can sometimes be insensitive or have no filter, careless, reckless, <laughs> carefree, non-committal, unreliable, ungrounded, um restless kind of gambling or risk taking as well so these are just when this energy is out of balance sorry i'm eating grapes i'm starving i just realized okay so all this to say that as venus ingresses into the sign of sagittarius we have an opening into this kind of sag energy and so this is on tuesday november 16th on this day as well, it's kind of nice. It's like uplifting. We have Mercury in Scorpio still, which is still that we're, we still have a lot of inward Scorpionic energy. It just like little by little sort of moves to this more open Sag energy. But Mercury here is making a trine to Jupiter at 28 Scorpio and Pisces. And so this also is like a really nice facilitation of ideas compassion, harmony, it's, it harmonizes. There's an opening for good things here around communications, a little grace, a little lubrication, right? So this is a nice day. Um, let's move into Wednesday. So Mercury enters Sagittarius on Wednesday, November 17th. And this is a sign of Mercury's detriment. Mercury is, does not function particularly well in Sag, but I think Mercury probably has a great time. And why would Mercury be in detriment in Sagittarius? So Mercury is a planet that rules communication, commerce, connecting dots, moving from one thing to another thing. It's at home in the sign of Gemini and Virgo. Gemini energy is very much like doing, it's very, it's multiplicity. It's doing more than one thing. Um, when it's in Virgo, Mercury is taking a lot of different ideas and making them real in the world. So, and Mercury by its nature is 
very androgynous. It can, you know, be sort of both. And Mercury is definitely a they. And so um, Mercury energy is all over the place (laughs) and it needs to sort of, and it's supposed to be like, it's definitely supposed to be busy and connecting dots. But when you put it in a sign like Sagittarius, which is so expansive and so big and so beyond, Mercury can be a little messy. (laughs) It can have no filter. It can open its big mouth and like say too much or say the wrong thing or like just be all over the place, right? So it can be tough to like refine or rein rein in, but it's not necessarily bad. Um, It's just like not maybe as focused or directed or grounded in this sign. But I I would also argue that it's probably like pretty fun. So um, this is like an energy of like maybe saying a lot of fun things or like it's, it's more part, more, a little bit more party time energy here. So, but it is a loss of dignity for Mercury. So while Mercury, I would say, didn't have like a particularly great time in Scorpio, this is actually a technically more challenging place even for Mercury to be just by sign it's the place of its detriment it does not do well here so the parts of your chart that are ruled by mercury um your gemini house and your virgo house may have a little bit of a you know those themes may feel a little messier or hard to pin down at this time as well as the sagittarius house of your chart let's see yeah so it can just be a little extra What did I write? Jupiter is expansive. Mercury is words. It can just be like a no filter sort of energy or being all over the place and ungrounded can be so much fun, though, with Mercury and Venus together in this sign. Certainly brighter and more fun than it's been with both of them moving through Scorpio. It's much more outward, social, expansive. It's like not as much of a subversive kind of inward energy anymore. And there could perhaps be a lack of discernment and strategy. And, um, but that's not necessarily a terrible thing. This is a very honest kind of open energy. Whereas when both of these planets were moving through Scorpio, there may have been like some really difficult stuff on the horizon. It's like we're surveying the lay of the land. We're keeping the cards closer to the vest up until this point. This is where we're just kind of letting go and being like, oh, screw it. And just having a great time. And while this honesty um, and this jubilance might not be particularly strategic, like I'm, I have so much fire in my chart. I'm like, it always serves, honesty always serves us well, I believe in the long run. I think actually usually in the short run too, even if things can be a bit messy. So, um, okay. Moving on to Thursday, there's stuff like every day this month. Thursday, November 18th, we have the sun sextile Pluto. So this is still like a, you know, Mercury and Venus already made this aspect. It's, um, this is good stuff. This is like things are, this is still a deeper claiming of our power on some level. Like a settling or an, this is the empowerment after the storm that was after being, being rocked or like the shakeup that happened earlier this month. The, the empowerment and the inner, the inner settling um, continues. So moving on to Friday, November 19th, we have Mars who is retrograde, square to Neptune, exactly. 
who's also retrograde. And this is at 22 degrees of Gemini Pisces. We've more or less been in this square for weeks now, if not like a month or so longer. I didn't write down the last time this happened, but this is not the first square. So Mars and Gemini trying to get stuff done, not being able to really maybe do stuff. Your Gemini house is going backwards. It's like, you've got to go back to go forward. We're figuring out there's some sort of, it's literally built into the divine design that we have to pause here. We are not allowed to move forward. We're not able to move forward for, for some reasons. It may be that there's tangles we've got to untangle, that there's things we dropped on the floor that are important. We got to go back and find them, pick them up, or maybe just the way we've been going is really freaking unsustainable. And we need to slow down and like weed out some of the noise and figure out what's really um, going to serve us moving forward. So this whole process might feel extra messy right now because Neptune is the higher realms and it is not physical reality. It's very much about like art and God and oneness and it's very misty. It obscures and dissolves things in a hard aspect we cannot see clearly. So um, Mars square Neptune on this day can be like trying to do something and not being able to see clearly, but maybe we can't see that we can't see. So being, especially if you're making any sort of super plans, like say you're you know, working on a project with somebody, you're like deciding how it, what's going to happen, or you're like booking some kind of thing, or um, there's a good chance that like you both think you're clear on something that you might not be clear on. And that can be true in personal relationships too. watch any sort of commitments that are made at this time. I just like, um, if you're dating somebody like it's just this is a time when we really need to stay open and suspend suspend a little bit it doesn't mean you don't live your life or enjoy yourself but we can't lock things down very well at this time um there's stuff that we can't see and that can't gel yet so i don't want to be negative but this is also an aspect where there could be like hopefully not um but there could be even be some deception going on or some kind of you know um untruths or like white lies or maybe you know um sometimes people do stuff like that too and they don't even mean to like it's not like it it doesn't have to be with malicious intent but there's just something where we're not getting the full picture here and this through the sad, sad season in general like but like really often today. So this is a day where we may feel particularly low vitality as well. Neptune tends to do that. It can be depressing um, or just feel like, like maybe not as, the Sag planets are very kind of bright, but Neptune can just bring the vital energy down. So don't worry if that's happening. Um, it's just, it will pass. We have to go inward. We have to kind of rest and float for things to reconfigure and just trust. And so that would be my advice. Um, what else did I put here? Yeah, like cover-ups, frustration, confusion, not getting anywhere. That's like pretty much it. Um, misty, steamy, 
it just can be problem. It can be also experienced as like problems, <laughs> like problems that you can't quite like solve. Another thing I hate to comment on, but a lot of the time in the collective, when we have aspects like this, just in the news, we'll see stories that embody these archetypes in such literal ways. It can really be scary. So Mars in an, an air sign can be like, um, conflict with words or air literally air neptune is water and steam together it can be like kind of gas bombs like just i don't know problems with water and air things like that i don't want to put that out there but it's just sometimes you just see really literal manifestations of things like this in the news so um not a great day to be messing with anything water um Yeah, Neptune, like when we see Neptune in people's charts, like sometimes you see literally like water damage in their houses and stuff like that. So um, it really depends on where this falls in your chart. If it's not like activating the fourth house or anything, um, don't worry, but it's just something to, this is a day to take caution. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to November 20th, Saturday. So we have the sun exactly trying Jupiter today, which is so nice. Again, this is like sun Jupiter days are so good. So more nice developments that continue in this between the Scorpio and Piscean parts of your chart. Um, some of again, some of the challenging aspects we went through earlier in the month may there may be some some working through or some solutions that we're finding for some of those things here, some help. This can, the energy around this is like benevolence, opportunity, honor, cooperation, grace, friendship, generosity, and potentially visibility as well. Even though the sun, the sun in Scorpio, uh, Scorpio is not a sign that tries to be visible. It often tries to kind of, um, have discernment. It's very careful about who it shows itself to, um, how it opens up. And it's very strategic about how it becomes visible, but this is one such aspect where there may be an opening there. Sunday, November, but it's nice. So sat this Saturday feels very nice. Sunday, November 21st. Do I have these? Oh, see, look, I'm screwing these days up. I think I wrote <laughs> them all down. So I wrote Saturday, November 20th. I don't know how long I've been doing saying the day and the, the month off with the day, but please, I'm sorry that I did that. I have no idea how long this has been screwed up for, but I just realized. So that was a Sunday that was really nice. Now we're moving into Monday, the 21st of November. So I actually have an, a meditation if you're in LA. Um, quantum it's a back to the future meditation where we do some quantum journeying um into desired experiences to try to activate those and that'll be at liberate yourself in sherman oaks at seven o'clock if you are local to la you can join me there it's a meditation that i did for years in the hollywood location and it, it's so much fun it's it's super powerful we use breath work and we just do what we can to kind of surrender to the divine and but open to our own desires and change our energy 
and kind of connect with uh, the energy that we want to be living. So, okay, moving on. So we got Monday, November 21st. We do have Mercury finally conjoining Venus on this day. These two planets have been like traveling super close together for a while now, all through Scorpio season. Um, or we're still in Scorpio season, but all through their journey through Scorpio, and now they finally come together. So this is kind of, it's a nice activity. Venus being our, our relational selves, our creative selves, our loving selves, our beauty selves, and Mercury being um, our communications, our mind, our thinking, our trade, our commerce, like Venus has those kind of significations too. Basically, Mercury gets a lot of help here from Venus, but this could be really fun. It's like a social aspect as well, where we're just out having a good time. Um, it's, a, it's a great way to, it's very stimulated and connected. And because it's in Sagittarius, it's fun loving and um, jovial and jubilant. So I really like this together. It's especially good if you're an artist or you're doing anything for communications or trade. All right. So moving on to Tuesday, November 22nd, this is where we officially get into Sag season and it's a really big shift. We've already had Mercury in the, and Venus come into Sag. So we're feeling it gradually, but when the sun enters a sign, it is palpable. The sun in astrology, we use it, we, we like pretend that it orbits earth because that's how we experience it. We experience it like the sun is moving, but really it's us that's moving. So fundamentally, the sun anchors our entire solar system. So where it is, is so pivotal. And I feel like we're always so focused on all the other planets, but the sun is the sun. It's the center. It's the heart. It's the core of light and consciousness and divine love in our solar system like in our little solar system. So welcome Sagittarius season. Happy birthday, Sag. And I won't go back into these keywords, but you will be able to find them on Instagram and we'll post them there on this day. So really in Sag season now, really, uh, the moon's still in Scorpio actually on this day. So <laughs> it's like going to be an extra gradual, I think on the new moon in Sag, we'll really, really feel it. But this is a big uplifting of energy. So, and Sagittarius season is ruled by Jupiter, who's in full power, even though retrograde still. So like a little diminished in power, but in full power in Pisces. So this is like the most expansive, the most ex explorational and adventurous, the most jovial, jubilant, the most benevolent, the most compassionate and honorable and like mercy filled and like loving and like, let's have a good time. It's really great for Thanksgiving weekend, which I know is um also like a really, um, it's a time we're doing a lot of reflecting as a as a nation, both in Canada and the United States. I know it's a it's a complex holiday for many of us. We have um, a lot of like fond memories and family family connections that happen, but it's also like such a challenging holiday if, for for anybody that's conscious of and wants to honor Indigenous peoples and all of the pain that has. Um, been caused for centuries and is still ongoing so but if you are you know a lot of the country shuts down and people spend a lot of time with families and so if you are doing that 
the energy this week is um, quite lovely and um, and bright. So that's really nice. Um, although again, on this day that this happens, the moon's going over the south node and um, is still in Scorpio. So it's a little bit of a heavier feeling day, but it's, it's brightening up. You'll have to see how you experience this. So that's November 22nd. Let's go on to the 23rd, which is a Wednesday. And Jupiter stations direct on this day. And this is really powerful because Jupiter as the ruler of Sag season, like I just said, what has not been in full power is it's been moving backwards. But this is when Jupiter really comes back into maximum power. And so with the planet stationing, it's not moving at all. It is about to go direct, but it still has, it's like, it has to totally stop in order for it to change directions. So it's an intensification of all things Jupiterian, and there can be like an amplification or an extraness to this day. Um, We also have the new moon in Sagittarius on this day, which is just lovely. So the new moon on this day being ruled by uh jupiter going direct in its sign of maximum power and magic love it let me just scooch forward to the exact time of this new moon it happens at one degree and 37 minutes of sag at 2 57 p.m pacific so we'll just get around to three o'clock here we go sun and sag moon and sag venus and sag mercury and sag so much Sag. This is a stellium of planets in Sag on this new moon and ruled by Jupiter, who is in full power in Pisces. So it's just like, and Jupiter being a benefic planet, like it's just good, 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 honestly. The other thing I love about this new moon is that um, even though Mars is retrograde in Gemini, so there's still that ongoing frustration, potentially in the Gemini sector of your chart, and all these Sag planets make a tough opposition to this Mars, it's actually not really gonna perfect for a bit. Like we may be feeling it sort of a little bit, but like this new moon is at one degree of Sagittarius. Mars is is 20 degrees away. So that's really nice at least. We don't have Mars like pooping the party, um, hopefully. So what is this new moon? This is the first lunation we've had after the eclipses, which have been like, especially if you're someone with a lot of planets and like, the mid to late fixed signs, which is again, if you're people with Scorpio planets, Leo planets, Taurus planets, Aquarius planets, like it's probably been a little meat grindery this month. Um, this is so nice. So it's a new start, new seeds being planted in the Sagittarius sector of your chart. And um, also last year we had a Sagittarius new moon and the South node was in Sag. So we were not able to like, get a good grip on our Sag sector of our chart last year. Um, The South Node, again, is a point of release and and just an energy suck. So the South Node is gone. It's in Scorpio now. So this is a really, really gorgeous new beginning in the Sagittarius sector of your chart. Where is that for you? Where is Sag? It's so, so lovely. And again, Sagittarius energy just being benevolent it wants to explore it wants to go bigger it wants to seek it wants to have fun have a good time it's very inspired and optimistic and um an adventurous and explorational so i just love it i love it i love it 
it's just a very lovely new moon, if you ask me. I'm trying to think of if there's anything else really. I don't see problems right now. Other than that, you know, kind of by sign, it's also like, like widely square its ruler, but that's, that's just like, it's fine. Squares with these kind of squares just kind of amplify maybe too much of a good thing, but it's like not even, it's, it's so, such a wide orb. So it's just, it's nice. Venus is in here giving her blessings. It's, it's just so, so good. Okay. So um, to work with the, also we get a lot more out of, out of these transits when we work with them. So when you have a tra challenging transit, you invoke like some humility and some openness, but when you have like good transit like this, what seeds do you want to plant? It's often we'll notice there are seeds actually just being planted already. Like with astrology, you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Like it just, it just describes what's happening, but um, we can still work with that. So let's ask ourselves now, what do we want to plant at this time? And what do we want to plant specifically in the Sagittarius part of our chart? And what would we like to that to grow into like best case scenario why not ask why not allow ourselves to think about that i think that's really powerful okay and so this is the beginning of a new lunar cycle moving into thursday november 24th this is thanksgiving for those people that are celebrating thanksgiving um and i also want to give my grace an acknowledgement of what a challenging um that this is not a celebration for many people but um sending my love for anybody that's spending time with family this week and just being together and uh, what are we grateful for so thursday november 25th and friday or sorry thursday november 24th and friday november 25th these days are kind of lumped together here in my notes. So we've got Mercury, planet of communication that in Sag can have kind of a big mouth, is trining um, Chiron. So trine is a harmonious aspect, but Chiron is the wounded healer. So there may be, uh, and, and Venus immediately also makes the same aspect. Venus trines Chiron the next day. So this is kind of like um, all breathing together. This could be a healing time, especially if you're with family. Um, there could be a lot of like expression here, things that maybe aren't always said. Um, and maybe there's some acknowledgement of older wounds or current wounds, but that there's like a wisdom and, a, and an ability to integrate those. So it's also a time like this would be a, a holiday time where it's very easy to eat and drink too much. Like let's be real it's always easy <laughs> to eat and drink too much on holidays but um especially with jupiter and neptune being present here in a sign based square and all this sag energy that just wants to have a great time and like bigger more bigger more um so yeah hopefully they, this could also just be like a time when there's a lot more travel than there's been for the last few years for people spending this time together with family um okay but yeah a lot of words could be spoken and um healing there's potential for healing here which is nice some nice connections okay moving on to um 
yeah, and Friday, November 25th, as I said, that that energy continues with Venus making that trine to Chiron. We don't have another aspect here until the 28th. So this is a Monday, November 28th. We've got Mars retrograde in Gemini making a trine to Saturn at 19 Gemini Aquarius. So this has been ongoing. We've had Mars and Saturn already trying for a while, like a month or longer, a couple months maybe. But Mars is going backwards. Mars is not going anywhere. So what a trine is, is a harmonious aspect. There's some, whatever Mars is reviewing in the Gemini sector of your chart, it's quite a process. As we said, it's going to take all the way till January 12th just to finish reviewing it. And then after January 12th, we've got to like integrate it and move forward until like March at some point in time. But what we are reviewing and what we are reorganizing and what we are having to look at is being supported by Saturn, which loves foundations, structure, boundaries, rules, and sustainability. So we're looking at how can we actually create something sustainable here? It's quite a process in order to do this. So there may be a connection made or an understanding or a seed planted around this time um, that here's an action we have to take in order to make my Gemini, my Gemini and Aquarius houses um, function well together and be sustainable. But there's not, you're not able to like fully implement it yet. So there will be um, more of a gelling later, but this is an important kind of like one of the keys is in the lock at this point, even though we're still in that review process. So some seeds that are being planted right now, even though it feels all backwards moving, are actually a super important piece of this puzzle of like strong foundations and sustainability moving forward. So be encouraged. Even if it feels like it's not coming together yet, there's something important uh, foundationally that is being like put into place now that will really is going to really carry us forward. Um, we just might not see the fruits of these efforts for a little while. So that is the 28th. And actually what I wrote down here, these planets will trine each other again, and they'll both be in different signs by the time that finally happens. So it's like often, this is the retrograde trine. And well, Mars will, when Mars does go direct on January 12th, it will eventually make a trine to Saturn again, but it's not going to make catch up to Saturn and perfect that trine mathematically until March 30th. And they'll both be in water signs. So it's almost like whatever we're reviewing right now, um, there's some sort of like big paradigm shift that happens later as a part of this process. Um, and then it finally gels. Uh, but it's like a super, it turns out very differently than we might be expecting. <laughs> so just don't worry about it. The universe is helping us, you know, do your efforts, show up, do the best you can and like allow it to unfold. We'll be given what we need as we need it. Okay. Mm -hmm. This final trine is at two Cancer Pisces. So interesting. So it's like there's a whole different area of your life that it shifts into. Tuesday, November 29th and 30th. These days breathe together as well. We have Mercury and Venus together, both opposing Mars. Mm. We really feel this. This is what I was saying. Mars. Mars can really sting. It is the warrior. 
And when it's pissed off or frustrated, like it's trying to do something and it's not really able to move forward, it just, this is an aspect of conflict. Now they're both immutable signs, so everyone can get over it. <laughs> There's no like, the edges are a little soft, but um, there is an edge here. So, and there's a, there's a supportive sextile to Saturn. So whatever this conflict brings up has, there's, um, we're figuring out, okay, now we have some more information about how we want to, what we need to shift and tweak in order to move forward in a more constructive and sustainable way. Um, so there is, there are solutions available that have to do with responsibility and adulting. Um, and also probably a bunch of work and process. So it's like, you might have a conflict with somebody or something around this pair of days that shows us, okay, a reality check, like this isn't gonna work, or I, I really need to implement this new process or system or structure or boundary in my life in order to fix whatever this conflict was about. And it might take a pro be a process to do that, but at least we get the light bulb or we get maybe the hurt feeling that um, alerts us to something not being okay and what our boundary needs to be moving forward. And then we can begin the process of putting that into place. But that seed planted is actually quite powerful and has the ability to go the distance. Anything with Saturn in harmonious aspect um, is the, can, be, can be the beginning of a new foundation that will have staying power. So it's really good, even though it might be a little stingy. Okay. Yeah, and again, this conflict is between your Sag and Gemini houses. So whatever those are in your personal chart will be often how you'll probably experience this. Wednesday, November 30th. Yeah, it's just the same kind of thing. So Venus is opposing Mars on this day. So it's like the 29th and 30th have this kind of conflict going on. And it's possibly some sort of a showdown, but again, there's, it's quick. You can work it out. It's just these couple of days where there might be some sort of something that pops up that needs to be a conflict that needs to happen um, in order to be worked through, right? So, and we do, we can work through it. It's mutable energy. There is some give. So, and again, this also can be very verbal and it can be like, maybe this is like people really expressing how they really feel. <laughs> Big words, Mercury and detriment and Sagittarius can like have no foot, no uh, filter or have a foot in its mouth. Um, it can be having too much fun and then Mars being like, damn it, this isn't gonna work. So yeah, there's just, the, there's a rebalancing that needs to happen here, but something needs to come up first so nothing to stress over necessarily i feel like it's just something to be aware of and that's actually that takes us to the end of the month here this has been a long forecast they always are um so let's do a stop screen share um thank you so much for 
being with me, spending this time with me. And if you have any desire to join me either in person at Liberate Yourself in Sherman Oaks on the 21st for that um, Back to the Future meditation, otherwise you can also join me online every month. I do have full moon and new moon rituals online that um, you can participate in live or after the fact. And those are for patrons and it starts at $8 a month depending on what you can afford. So feel free to join up. You can find that link at sacredstarlight.com or um, Patreon slash Sacred Starlight. And you can also find me on Instagram. I share on there wherever I have time, sacred underscore, Insta sacred underscore starlight. Um, I'm sending all my love and blessings for November and beyond, I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful 